Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, once again, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> you had to think about that for a second, didn't you? <laughs> I was on mute. Next door neighbor is mowing his lawn. Oh, well, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Um, he'd come, come up and cut mine, too. Uh, anyways, welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We've got a great show for you this morning. Uh, a quick shout-out. Uh, unfortunately, she is not able to join us, but uh, I want to congratulate uh, Peiyun Ching. Uh, who is the winner of this past week's Symmetra Tour event, the Circling Raven Championship. Uh, Unfortunately, her schedule was uh, conflicting with ours, so she wasn't able to join us. Uh, But we will have a Symmetra Tour player next week uh, on the show. So we're not going to have a a player this morning. We're going to start off uh, here in a moment uh, with, as I put it, a mixed bag of topics in the No BS Zone. And a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by our very special guest, Michelle Malaya, uh, who is an LPJ Class A teacher professional and also the head women's golf coach at Monmouth University. She'll be joining us on the second half. But, Cindy, uh, I wanted to just uh, talk to you for a second about last week. You were up at the French Lick Resort in Indiana at the Senior LPJ uh, Women's Championship. Tell us how that went. Uh, how did you fare? And uh, did you have a good event? The event was great. Um, the golf course is amazing. It poured um, Wednesday afternoon and canceled the remaining portion of the Pro-Am so they couldn't finish. And then it rained again Friday late and play was suspended for a while. And it came down sideways, blowing like crazy. (laughs) But uh, mm-hmm. Dave Harner and his crew are unbelievable and got that place ready to roll. Um, t- all the tents were blown over. Everyone lost all of their merchandise. It was really wow. something else. But, um, again, they just they have the best attitudes there. They do everything they can mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone there has a great time. So they did a great job. Uh, I did not fare very well as normal i did break 80 though so that's that's a big deal on um, the day i broke mm-hmm. 80 made three doubles so it's just as they said on the television um the telecast from the mm-hmm. golf channel one swing can cost you 
four or five shots. And, yeah. and that swing doesn't have to be that bad. It can be off just by a little. Um, I hit some pretty squirrely shots that I got away with, but I got to tell you, um, I hit some that were bad and they cost me. So again, I'm thrilled that I got to play. It's an honor. I, uh, I don't know how many major championships I've played in. I am going to sit down one of these days and count them all up, but it's just, um, you know, to be able to play on a major championship at this age is pretty amazing. So I'm thrilled and honored and the greatest news, uh, I was awarded the Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award. Mm -hmm. And that came out last Tuesday morning uh, after our show. And it is given to a player with um, that resembles or emulates Nancy. And Nancy Lopez, needless to say, um, should be everybody's hero. Uh, leadership, passion, approachability, and giving back to the game. So I am thrilled I will be given that award at the PGA show in Orlando in January, and I can't tell you how many people have said congratulations, so I'm thrilled. Well, congratulations from me as well. Uh, I remember actually receiving that email um, just as our show was actually going on, um, and uh yeah, it was uh, very, very exciting. Congratulations and well-deserved. Um, you know, I've, as I said so many times, you know, you, you know you, you've mentioned over the years that you really spin so many plates, you do so many things to give back to this game. And, you know, it, it, it's an honor, really, to, to be recognized by, um, you know, whether it be your peers or what have you, uh, for doing such a great job you know it's um one thing i've noticed about the golf industry about so many of its individuals involved whether it be on the teaching side or even the players is there's a lot of selfless people um that are always giving and nancy lopez obviously was one uh for years that always gave back to the game and uh i can't think of a better person to be a recipient of her award uh than cindy miller our very own so um congratulations once again Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled and honored. Yeah, and we'll uh, hear more about that, of course, uh, a little bit later on when you're at the PGA Merchandising Show in January, as you said, uh, once you uh, get the award. But congratulations again. All right, so I want to talk to – let me wait, sorry, wait, let wait, me just wait. back up real I, one quick. One more thing. One yeah, more I'm thing. sorry. Go ahead. One more thing. Yep. Um, yep. So on my way home, I got an email from the LPGA – and as most of our listeners will probably know that this week is the Solheim Cup, and mm-hmm. they needed um, some observers to walk inside the ropes uh, next Monday, which is Labor Day, uh, and the final round of the Solheim Cup. So I was not planning to go, but I am now going to go, so I'm absolutely thrilled because I've never been asked to walk inside the ropes at you know, the Solheim Cup or the Ryder Cup or the Walker Cup or the Curtis Cup. Uh, so I'm going next Sunday, and I will be inside the ropes, and I will give you all the latest scoop and what happens during the Perfect. last final round of the Solheim Cup next week. Very good. How exciting. That a, what a great opportunity. Um, yeah, we'll look forward to that next week. Um, real quick, just on, on sort of piggybacking on that, I saw something yesterday on social media and correct me if i'm wrong um that 
Annika Sorenstam and Renee Powell uh, are the coaches, or the captains rather, for the junior Solheim Cup. Is that correct? Did you hear that or see that too? I believe that is true, yes. Yeah, I thought what a great uh, a great pairing to uh, to be involved um, in something like that. So I know they'll both do well. Very, both very experienced uh, uh, lady professionals. Um, lots going on in uh, the world of women's golf these days. Uh, very very exciting. All right, we're going to talk about the mixed bag of topics, if you will, in the no BS zone. And um, I want to start off with this one here. Um, in lieu of, of your play last week, uh, and that is to talk about five tips that we can help our golfers uh, navigate any round. And it doesn't matter whether you're playing in a club championship or whether you're just playing with your, uh, your regular foursome each week uh, in just a, an any old day round. There's some things that uh, I've jotted down some notes, and you may have some different ones. Um, obviously, there's going to be, I'm sure, some similar ones as well. But here's some things. Um, the first one I always look at, and this is really not on the golf course, and these don't necessarily, I, I don't look at necessarily the tips that you have to actually be on the golf course necessarily um, to do these. So the first one is to prepare. Um, that one I think is first and foremost, you can never prepare enough uh, for a round. Um, obviously there comes a point in time you're, you're playing your, your round and you're there, but there's things that you can do, and, and I think that preparing really encapsulates a lot of different things. That is understanding, uh, making sure you're setting up properly to the ball, making sure that you've got a good grip. So your fundamentals, you want to review all of those, and you want to make sure that you're doing things. You don't want to make any drastic changes. Um, But preparation is a big one, um, I think, for the round. Tell me what you do, Cindy, um, to prepare for a round, or even in your case, you might want to say a tournament. Is there anything particular that you do to prepare? Well, you have to hit balls, needless to say. Um, practicing is important. You know what? I Because I just got back, and I got back Sunday night, and I some of the swings that you make stick with you. It's almost mm-hmm. like a delayed intelligence attack, and you can remember those swings. And, again, it's my left shot, right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm never trying to miss it, and no one I've ever met is trying to miss the ball. And you need to figure out why do you do what you do and what causes that error. And yesterday, mm-hmm. I was off yesterday, and I had to do a lot of stuff, you know, in the office, needless to say. But in the afternoon, I was, I have to go play nine holes by myself. And mm-hmm figure out what causes this miss. It's almost like I must defeat my demons. And some people give up and say, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I can't do that. And I'm figuring out little tiny things like stand a little taller, pick up your head, swing it in, and keep the club head going to the target. I watched the final holes of the LPGA, senior LPGA championship on the golf channel. And all those women, needless to say, they're playing great because then they're, they're in the last two groups. They know what they're doing with the club to make the ball go where it goes. And I would tell our listeners that it's so important for you to know what you're doing with the club 
and it needs to be an offensive move with belief, control, trust, and understanding. And if you don't have that, you're not playing with confidence. Right. And I want to play. I've got a couple more events coming up. The LPGA uh, Northeast versus the Southeast Championship, uh, the Pro-Am at the National Summit, and then I'm going to play um, in the LPGA Team Championship with Barb Moxness, who came in third in the tournament this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to work on my game to make sure that I, I have that trust, belief, and confidence in where the ball's going. Now, you, you're still going to miss shots, but it's not going to be right. a horrific swing. So I want to know what I'm doing. And when you prepare, you need to find, I call it a learning style. Either you want to see it, feel it, or hear it. It's so important that you know what you're doing rather than just grab the club and go. It's imperative. And then I text myself what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I remember. Yeah, that's, that's a great Great way to, to keep yourself informed on what you need to do or what you've done. Um, no, that's a great way to, to put it, um, Cindy. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the, the second thing, too, is, and, and this is something that a lot of people um, get rushed, you know, going to the course. It doesn't matter what they're, what they're doing. Um, is a good warm-up routine, and it's different from a practice routine. Practice, you're working on maybe some specific things. You're trying to hone some some areas of your game, but a warm-up is just really to get a feel for the day, and that's where I think a lot of people miss the boat. And if you warm up effectively, if you get a, a good understanding of what game you're going to have that day, and that means if you're maybe slicing the ball a little bit, um, don't try to fix it out in the golf course. Just go ahead and play with what you've got that particular day. And if you don't understand what game you've got, you're bringing to the course that day, you're going to get out there and you're going to be shocked and you're going to get overwhelmed because, like you said, there's going to, you're going to have some good shots, you're going to have certainly some bad shots. And if you don't understand what your bad shots are for the day, you can't prepare for it. You can't adjust to it. And what I mean by adjusting is if you've got a, a, a slice or, or if you're hooking the ball a little bit uh, on a regular basis – uh, you can make adjustments out in the golf course. I don't mean adjusting your swing, but adjusting where you're aiming, that sort of thing. And that's something that I see a lot of people. And I always say, Cindy, maybe you have a different philosophy for this, but I always look at people um, coming to the golf course and being and having at least 30 minutes before you tee off. Um, and I don't mean you have to warm up for 30 minutes, but you want to be there early. I, I, how many people, Cindy, have you seen come up and they'll – It'll be like 10 minutes before they tee off. They're running out to the range. They're hitting two or three balls just to say they've hit some, and then they're racing to the tee um, for their first, uh, first hole. That, that's not going to help you be successful in a round. What do you, what do you think? Well, anytime you're rushing, here's another yeah. thing I saw. I was so grateful to be able to watch this event on the, uh, on the Golf Channel, and I, lucky enough, my daughter's husband Ben Elijah was producing the show. And I I just looked at my husband. I said, I swing like a wild woman. And he just gave me that ugly (laughs) smile, right? (laughs) I try so hard. And they don't even look like they're swinging, which I've said this about younger tour players, right? 
but not older tour players that are my age. And I, I, it was so good for me to see their swings in tournament play on TV because I'm like whipping it back and flinging it through and it's no wonder it goes crazy. So if you're rushing, which I'm always rushing, which yeah. you know, I beat the clock today, mm-hmm. right? By a minute yep. and three seconds. Um, if you're always rushing, your heartbeat's going to be faster. You're going to swing faster. Everything's going to be faster. You need to breathe to slow down. Should I be listening to what I'm saying right now, maybe? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it, it's like you can't jump out of the car and run to the first tee. You should not do that. Right. So plan ahead of time. And if you're always running late, give yourself an hour so that you have a half hour. So yep. you're right. Exactly. Do not rush. Yeah, you need to be there. Yeah, you need to be there ahead of time. You need to be relaxed and and certainly I agree in getting there even earlier. I don't mean you get there at 30 minutes, but you need to have 30 minutes before you tee off because um, you don't want to warm up an hour before and then you're resting for 30 minutes and then you're not warmed up anymore. You want to warm up before you play, but you want to allow yourself. I always recommend about 20 minutes because I think that gives you a good. And then you still got 10 minutes to get back to the tee and, and get ready and, and adjust yourself, whatever you want to do. But I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I would love it. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I would love to have a dial on the side of Alan's head. Every time you say that, I swing like a wild woman. I'd love to turn it up and hear what he thinks in his mind when you say that to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, it might cause a big fight. <laughs> I would love to know his thoughts. So, so number two, warm up, um, and, and number three is, and this I think is again paramount, is having a solid pre-shot routine because there's two reasons. One, it helps you prepare for every shot, but more importantly, by having a consistently solid and repeatable pre-shot routine for every swing that you're going to take out in that golf course, including putting strokes helps develop a cadence, a rhythm, if you will, in the game. Cindy, you know this as well as anybody, how many times you see in, in, in pro-am events where you'll see one minute they're up there and they're you know, throwing some grass clips up in the air and they're, they're checking the wind and they're doing all this. And the next time um, you know, they're doing something entirely different and there's no consistency in their pre-shot routine. And over time, especially if you know, a few bad shots have crept in, all of a sudden now their rhythm is out of whack. And if you watch the pros, as you know, Cindy, yourself on TV, they have a consistent and repeatable pre-shot routine. And it's not just to gather the information and to prepare for the shot. It's to keep them in rhythm uh, while they're out in the golf course. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, you have to stay in rhythm. And and some people, you know, rhythm doesn't make sense to them because they never played an instrument, they weren't in chorus, and they, they'll say, you know, I've got no musical background, but you have to have some kind of a swing thought or a cadence. Mm-hmm. I like cadence. That's a great word. Sure. Um, to stay in the present moment. And yep. And the only thing, again, let's pretend that you're, you're a pretty good player and, and or you're just trying to defeat your own personal demons. If you're afraid of where the ball is going to go before you swing the club, you need to back off the shot 
yes. just say, all right, listen, listen, I'm the only one holding the club. The club has no idea who's holding it. The ball has no idea what's in front of it. Whatever I do with this club is going to make the ball go where it goes. That's, that's the simple truth. And if you do that, you will definitely hit it better. And I believe it's your right palm going the same direction as the face of the club that will help you get the ball to go straighter. And, and I must tell you that that is absolutely imperative because if you're just wailing away mm-hmm. and have no idea what you're doing, your, your cadence is going to be off. You're going to be trying to hit the ball rather than swing the club, and you must swing the club to make the ball go where you want it to go. Right. Well said. And, and you raise a, a really great point, too, is to back off. If you don't feel things are right, you back up. Obviously, we have to be mindful of slow play. You can't be just dawdling around and taking your time. Um, But again, if you watch the professionals on TV, if they have a distraction during their routine or something throws them off, they will stop and they will start that routine over again. And there's a reason they're doing it. They're trying to re re uh, gain their composure, if you will. They're trying to get their mind uh, focused back on the task at hand, um, again, if they've been distracted or something. So, uh, again, having a solid pre-shot routine and sticking with it, developing one that's right for you and sticking with that every time you step in front of that or behind that ball and go through that same routine and the same amount of time every time. And it might vary by a second, and that's okay, uh, but you want it to be consistent. Um, the fourth one I, I put, and I think this is, again, uh, you know, if you want to be successful in navigating those rounds, and that is having a game plan. Um, you don't just show up to the golf course and say, well, whatever, you know, happens, happens. Um, you know, hopefully whatever happened last time I came up to this golf course isn't going to happen again. That's just bringing old baggage, uh, as we've talked about many times on the show. You've got to have a game plan. You've got to have a strategy, if you will. Um, Cindy, you know as well as I do, and you do that, I know. You've got a game plan. When you went up to French Lick last week, you had a game plan, and you stuck with it. Talk a little bit about that, the importance of having a game plan. You need to understand the best way to play a golf course. And for those playing tournament golf where they mark the, the tee markers and the, the yardage that you're going to be playing from, the LPGA marked two different places on probably eight of the 18 holes. So you have to be very aware playing a practice round. Is there a white line? The white line yardage is what they call it. When the white line Mm -hmm. gets put on the uh, painted white line gets put on the tee box, and what that means is the tee markers will not be behind that line, but they could be in front of that line. Well, there's probably six sets of tees at French Lick. And if you don't Mm -hmm. pay attention, there was a hole that I was like, oh, I've never even seen this tee box. And we could have been playing from that tee box. You need to, when you play your practice rounds, be very aware of what that, what's happening. So pay attention to what's going on around you. Make sure that you know where the tee markers might be placed. What's the best way for you to play that hole from each location? There might be places where you don't hit driver. You might even tee off with an iron, depending on the trouble that's in front of you. If it's a par five and there's a, a creek or a lake in front of you or a pond, and let's say you only carry your driver 130 yards, 
and to carry the water is 140. Well, you don't want to hit driver, so now you got to lay up, and you might have to hit an iron and then get the ball over the water after the tee shot. So be very aware mm-hmm. how you can play the hole to your benefit, and I should be listening to what I'm saying because there's some holes, number 16, which owned me on the first day, hello, that, you know, I said to my husband, or I didn't say it, he said, why don't you just hit a pitching wedge off the tee and put something on the green and two putts for bogey. Okay, fine. Yep. And I should have done that because the hole just owns me. The next day I made par, though, so there you go. I beat it up. Um, yeah. But, again, yeah. what's the best way to play a hole? There are certain holes that don't look good to you. Pay, listen yep. to that little voice inside you and then just say, okay, why am I hearing this voice and what's my smartest play from this location? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and you know what? You know, Jack Nicholas famously talked about how some holes didn't fit his eye. And he said, I, I'm happy if I can get away with a par, even a bogey. Uh, certainly he didn't like that. But if if it meant getting away with a par as opposed to trying to go for it because it didn't fit his eye, because his typical shot shape was a left-to-right ball flight and uh, holes that favored a draw off the tee particularly – were not particularly uh, a hole that he, he desired to play, and he would aggressively go after. So again, he was very conscious of what uh, the elements that were around him and what he was faced against. And having that game plan, having being prepared and having a game plan, um, and this leads into the last one here, and that is uh, to execute that game plan. I mean, you can't develop a game plan or a strategy, however you want to phrase it, and then get out on the golf course and after the first two holes, throw it out you know, uh, to the wind because maybe something didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. So you've got to stick with it. You've got to make that commitment and follow through. And see, that's something, too, that a lot of players really struggle with as well. What what can you add to that? You you absolutely have to stick to it. And and once you make a decision, again, that's part of it. You can hear players talking on telecast. And I watched them on Sunday afternoon, again, you know, taking two clubs or three clubs up there with them to the tee box or to their location in the fairway. And once you make the decision, like, you know, is this an eight or a nine iron or is this a three hybrid or a four hybrid or should I hit driver or not? Once you make that decision, you must commit to the decision. Because if there's doubt in your head, Mm -hmm. I mean, needless to say, uh, Tiger Woods, in the middle of his backswing, I think it's in 16 at the at the Masters, you know, you can't have that flailing thought in the middle of your backswing, oh, my God, the wind just started howling and I can't hit this ball, right? Because you're going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many things. And I think, too, having uh, uh, making that commitment helps with confidence as well. And it may not, the shot may not get pulled off the way you had hoped it would, but if you're confident in your decisions, if you go up there and you know you, you've made what you think is the right decision, and you're second guessing yourself, you've already lost half the battle, and you're more than likely not going to get a very good result, uh, anyways. So you're better to commit with, even if it doesn't come off the way you had hoped it does. At least you're confident that was the right club I chose. It, maybe I didn't hit the shot just the way I needed to hit it, but it was still the right club and it was the right circumstance uh, that I was faced with. So you need to do that. And then the other last one, actually, even though that was five, I'm going to add one more on here, Cindy, and that is really to kind of have a go-to shot. We talked about this the other week, um, uh, you know, how to, to break 90. and we talked about, you know, 
for those that are obviously less accomplished players, um, if you're not hitting your, your clubs, especially your longer clubs, very well, have a go-to shot. Tiger had that with his, you know, his stinger he would hit famously. You know, if he didn't feel good that hitting his driver off a thing, he pulled out his two-iron and hit a stinger. Now, I'm not saying you're going to pull, pull, a, pull out a two-iron and hit a stinger, but it might be a seven-iron for you. And maybe that's what you're going to hit off the tee. If your driver's really letting you down, have a go-to shot or a go-to club, if you will. Um, I think that's important as well. So that in the case where you get up something and you're not feeling confident hitting, again, whether it be a driver or whatever the case may be, um, you've got a go-to club or a go-to shot that you know are confident and you can rely on to get you to the next step. Um, any final thoughts before we, uh, we move on? I'm good. All right. Uh, I think we hopefully help some folks. Uh, again, you want to prepare. These are just some of the tips that we put together. You want to prepare. Warming up is important. Um, make sure you develop a solid pre-shot routine. Uh, focus and develop your game plan for the day. And then make sure you execute and stick with it and have that go-to club or shot in your bag as well in case you need it along the way. Um, good discussion. I enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, obviously... We all get in a situation sitting when we're playing in some sort of a tournament, whatever it may be, whether it be a uh, senior women's uh, LPJ championship or your club championship. Uh, pressure can get to you, and I think if you have a good solid plan and execute some of the steps that we talked about here earlier, I think you're going to be well on your way to having a, a good round. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with our very special guest, Michelle Malaya. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget and so much more don't miss a single issue go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today all right welcome back everybody uh, we're now going to speak with our very special guest she's an lpj class a teacher professional and the head women's golf coach at monmouth university um, cindy let's welcome our very special guest this morning michelle malaya good morning Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? We're doing. Yeah, we're doing great here too. Just gearing up for uh, our players to come back next uh, next week. I'll come back till next week. No, we yeah we um, so Monmouth University is um, at the Jersey Shore, and we start later than everyone else. Uh, we start usually the, the the Tuesday after Labor Day. And a lot of it has, is tied to mm -hmm. our area. We're a big uh, shore area, um, lots of activity in the summertime. We have a lot of people who come to visit and vacation. And uh, our little tagline always is, we, we win where you vacation. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's why we start late. Um, so, yeah, so we, we kind of get the extra benefit of another week where most, most programs and schools are already back in session. Got it, got it. So when's your first tournament? We open up um, at Boston College at the end of September. So um, 
really, really excited. I This is my fourth year at Monmouth University, and I um, was recently named director of golf. So I'm overseeing the men's and women's programs now, which is really exciting for me in you know, my career, but, but also um, really kind of on this path to develop two programs that I feel in the next five years are going to be, you know, um, pretty strong and contending for conference championships. So we put together a, a pretty significant and uh, challenging fall schedule. Um, so we'll be at Boston College. Sure, our players are really excited uh, about. We will be um, at Quinnipiac's event. We're going to Navy, which secretly I think is a trip that I can't wait to go to. I love Annapolis, and I love that golf mm. course. Um, we'll be hosting our own event um, with 10 teams here at the Shore, too, um, in mid-October, and then we wrap up at Lehigh at Saucon Valley. So, so the fall is, mm. a, typically speaking, weather-wise, is our best part of our year. Um, but we also get an opportunity to play some really great tracks and places that have some history to it, too. So um, it's, it's going to be great and, and challenging for our players. We're still a pretty young program um, and, and, and pretty talented. So I think it will be a good start to get the season going. Um, and also, we are on campus right now. Um, I would say all of our programs um, are so excited because this actually feels like a fall this year because we didn't compete last fall. So because we were dealing we were dealing with COVID, um, so to mm-hmm. have the energy and uh, the other teams back for preseason, whether it be football or field hockey and soccer, it's just great to be back on the college campus and feel like a fall should feel like. That's great. That's great. How many girls are on your team? We have I have ten I have ten players I have uh, eight returners and I have two incoming freshmen. Um, on our men's side, we have seven players. On a women's team, um, four years ago when I took the program over, I had um, really three players who could play um, and who are very talented, um, very talented young players. Um, but uh, I had to kind of beat the bushes a little bit and kind of get this program going in the right direction. So I actually had a softball player for, play for me and a walk-on who had never played golf in a competitive uh, environment. Um, so it was a really challenging a challenging and exciting year. And then the following year we brought in um, a full class. We brought in five freshmen. So, again, like we're still a pretty young team. Um, and we've won, we've won four events and since that time. So – um, we're, we're like on the rise, I feel like, um, and, um, certainly starting to attract some young women who are just, they just kill it, um, both academically and also athletically. Um, we have four, um, all-American scholar athletes this year. So they're, uh, I could, I could go on and on. I'm very proud of them. They're a good, good, good group of kids. Um, and certainly have like bought into what we're trying to do at Monmouth. Holy cow. Where do you find your players? Great question. Um, you know, one of the things, especially for us in the, in the Northeast, I really, um, I, try to, I try to really use the connections I have with um, teaching professionals and others, in, you know, that I know um, in the area. So we've done really well um, 
from uh, the Long Island um, and actually Pennsylvania area. Uh, we have several players who are from New Jersey who play for us as well. But I also have a player as far away from as Florida and West Virginia. Um, so primarily a lot of my recruiting is definitely in the tri-state area. We, you know, uh, especially the, the Philadelphia area, um, and I'll say it again, the Long Island, Smithtown Landing area, really becoming a hotbed for really good um, girls golf. Um, so that's where we've been pulling from, and it seems so far to be a really good mix for us. Um, players are doing well academically and at school with us, you know, as, as well, you know, as far as that's concerned, and as well as golf-wise. So, um, you know, the one the one unique thing about being at a Division One program um, in our conference is that we really have an opportunity to do a lot of really great things during the year. <clears throat> but we also will um, conference championships, which will get us into the NCAAs, which is our eventual goal. So, um, it's a for me for me as a coach. Um, Monmouth is such a great place because we can do so many things and we can really provide a great experience for our players. Um, so they're doing great athletically, have an opportunity to do a lot of things that some bigger programs do, even on a smaller, on a, at, a, at a smaller or moderately sized college um, and university. So that's that's been like a home run, and um, I think I think for us, you know, the the kind of support we have from the university in general is like huge. It's key, you know, so we can get a lot of things done, even if we don't have a budget that looks like a much bigger program. So, very, very yeah, interesting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Michelle, let me ask you something. Um, you mentioned a, a little bit ago about, you know, being off last year, obviously because of COVID not having, uh, the ability to, to get out there. So you're in a new season now. Uh, you're gearing up for your, your first event here coming soon. What are you going to do to get your team ready uh, physically, uh, mentally, and even emotionally? What do you do to prepare your team? Uh, because I think all three of those areas, it's not just a matter of being able to strike the ball well and, and play well. Um, mentally, you've got to be You've got to have your, your medal, if you will, and emotionally even as well. While you're out in the golf course, you've got to be able to compose yourself. What do you do to prepare your team in all those three areas? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and certainly um, you, one of the things that I think is important and what we try to do is be, be very holistic in how we approach um, our players and, um, and in coaching in general. So you're absolutely right. You know, we have, uh, you know, there's, you know, we, we hear this said a lot with Vision 54, talking about, you know, the human skills and also the technical skills, right? So the golf is just – it's not it's a lot more than just hitting a golf ball. Um, I heard at the end of your, you know, the first part of your uh, show today, in, in that a lot of that stuff was some of the same things that we're working on with our players, right, but just on a different level, depending on who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of approach it in a very, like, you know – 360-day kind of, you know, perspectives, meaning that um, during the school year, not only we are we working on um, mechanics and the things that we need to do on the golf course, but we also do a full program with utilizing Vision 54. Uh, we do breakout sessions throughout the entire year talking about how do we approach golf tournaments, how do we approach 
balancing school, their social lives, what's going on in their family, right? And then, and and then and then golf, right? That's kind of the last on that list. Um, I've been right. I've been coaching for 25 years, and I know that the programs that I've been involved with that have been successful. The one thing that we were really able to do there was work to to really focus on the 90% of stuff that was outside of golf, right? So to your point, emotionally, how, how are we preparing for events? How are we balancing school? What's going on with them personally? Are they growing as uh, young women, that's that's probably my biggest job, right? So, um, right. So once we get back, yeah. So, like for example, like most of the summer we have done some. We we brought in guest speakers and did Zoom calls. Had Cheryl Anderson come in and speak to our players. Um, she was a teammate of mine at Rutgers and has had a phenomenal career. Um, you know, that's typically what we'll do uh, is bring in some guest speakers in addition to. Um, assignments that, that they may have during the summer and during the school year, um, whether it's Vision 54 or a book list, videos, and that type of thing. And once we get back to campus, my, my real goal for this beginning of this fall um, is a lot of team bonding. We've, we've, our biggest challenge with COVID has been our inability to do a lot of things together. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, our world has really been so virtual. Um, and I think it's great that we've been able to do things apart from each other, but that missing piece in human connection is going to be really our biggest goal this fall. And then taking them out throughout yeah. this, entire, this entire year, yeah. Huge. It's going to be huge. We, I, I, uh, yeah. I think that was yeah. our biggest challenge. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it is. I think that's going to be for a lot of people, not just in, in your arena, but also – um, you know, we've all been for a long time and kind of cooped up. Uh, and, you know, some of us have been a little more fortunate being able to get out a little, a, a bit more here over the last several months. But for a lot of areas, um, it, it's, you know, still been very difficult at times. And, you know, you're right, that human connection, um, once that sort of gets frayed a little bit, you've got to sort of work it through again. And it sometimes takes a little bit of time. I want to do a follow up from what we were just taught or what uh-huh. you were just talking about. And, and that is, you know, obviously, you know, the goal of any uh, golf coach is you want your team to win. But uh, the truth of the matter is they're going to um, hopefully not, but they're going to lose more often than they're probably going to win. How do you help them handle that loss? I, I think back to, uh, you know, uh, Greg Norman famously losing uh, the Masters several years ago to Nick Faldo, and that affected him. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got you've got some newer players. You you mentioned some some junior players that are uh, in the mix now that maybe don't have as much experience in there. Um, they're possibly going to handle a loss much more difficultly uh, difficultly excuse me than some of your more senior and seasoned players. How do you help them deal with a loss? Um, what do you do? Great, yeah, great, 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 great question. And since we lose more than we win. You know we're going to be we're going to right. be having those conversations more often, right? Um, and mm-hmm. no doubt. Uh, and I, I think one of the things, the challenges that a coach usually has, and I know I've had, is when you're when you're recruiting talented players who have been very successful at the level that they're at right now, right? And then they make mm-hmm. the jump, right? They make that jump into to collegiate athletics. It's, it's a it's a whole brand new world, right? Um, navigating all the different mm-hmm. all the different challenges and, and things that are going to occur. So, one of the things that 
I try to do with our players is really manage expectations. I think expectations is, is going to be, you know, a huge thing. So when we sit down at the beginning of the year and we talk, talk to them individually, kind of like coming up with whatever their personal goals are, uh, but also doing it a, a couple different ways, right? We have these dream goals, right? We also have process goals and we have action goals. So one of the things I really try to emphasize with them is getting lost in that process. You know, it's very hard to what? Kind of surrender the outcome. That's hard. It's going to affect, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing for Greg Norman to do, let alone an 18-year-old mm-hmm. coming into college to do, right? So, um, mm-hmm. so we work really, really hard every day um, to manage those expectations and create excitement about the process. And when we do lose, we, we, we do it together. When someone is having a disappointing day or a round, we could have three players who are completely, you know, on fire and one player who isn't. Um, and it may be the opposite too, but we celebrate those things and, and, and do that together, just like we do with our wins. Um, so it's a matter, you know, one of the advantages our kids have, not only do they have a coach, they also have a group of teammates that are there to support them. So kind of creating that environment as well. And the final thing I'd say is that my, my – and they – I'm sure every time I, it comes out of my mouth, they're probably half rolling their eyes when I say it. But it, there's two things. It doesn't matter how bad the weather is or whatever's going on in our lives. Today is a great day. It's a great day to be a Hawk. It's a great day to play for Monmouth University. We're going to learn how to handle adversity and challenges together. That's number one. And number two, our only goal every day is to get better. Are we better today than we were yesterday? So it's a day. Mm-hmm. Let's get better. And um, I, I found that that's been really helpful for us in keeping our eyes down the, down the road, so to speak, and developing a, an atmosphere that um, they can handle both successes and failures well. Um, and I, I truly hope that looking back, you know, that, um, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now, you know, that they look back and they feel like they've grown because um, it is more than just a golf piece because that handling adversity mm-hmm. and not doing well in something or failing, it's not just golf, right? It could be anything. Those skills they're getting is going to help them with everything else in their lives. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, we've, Cindy and I have had the pleasure of uh, interviewing many of the young ladies uh uh, both up and coming and, and some of the more seasoned veterans on the Symmetra Tour uh, that have transitioned over the, the LPGA. And, and, you know, there's been moments in some of our discussions where they've come out and said, you know, there was a time, you know, things started off pretty good when I first got out on tour, and then all of a sudden the wheels fell off the bus, and I don't know what happened, but, you know, last week I felt like quitting, and, you know, yada, 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 and all this sort of comes up. So emotionally, you know, they're going to go through those, you know, pits and valleys and twists and turns. So as a coach, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, part of your job is to prepare them to handle not only on the course, but off the course, because golf is not going to be forever. I mean, they can certainly play it for for many, many years, but there's going to come a point in time when their skill on the golf course is not going to be good enough um, to continue to win events outside of college I'm talking about now. And, but they have to be comfort, comfortable within themselves. So 
again, maybe you could just touch on that a little bit more. What are some of the other things that you guys do as a group to prepare for when that day comes? Right, right. Well, that's the thing. You know, um, if we if we look at um, our play, like our program, I, I may have one or two players who really have the ambition, who really want to move on to another level, right? And and and, mm-hmm. and have some of the budding talent skills to do that, right? The the rest of my program, I've got you know really brilliant uh, nursing students and uh, you know uh, business students and kids getting their MBA and they're just they're remarkable young women, right, and to be around. So I think the biggest thing for us is that, you know, and to your point, um, is really preparing them wholeheartedly for the rest of their lives, right? So the golf piece is extremely important. That's why I'm here, right? That's why we're here. We're playing golf. We're competitive. We want to we want to win. Um, but really being able to develop all these different pieces. So one of the advantages of being a student athlete at Monmouth, and I think for our program, um, you know, is that they get a tremendous amount of support whether it's from a career development perspective. Um, I do a lot of networking events with our alumni. I think it's extremely important for our young women to be mentored um, by people who have been in their shoes. We're starting a program right now where um, our, not only are our alumni going to help mentor our young women, but our young women are then going to give back to the, the first tee of the Jersey Shore down here and mentor their LPGA girls golf program. So, so mm-hmm. I think that's just one quick example of some of the things that we do to develop them as complete human beings when they leave. Uh, because right. they are going to move on right. to other things most likely, right? Um, and mm-hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna get some skill sets here that um, you know are tremendous. I want you to think about it this way: like anytime I have a, a player, uh, a recruit come on campus, and um, the one thing I always say right from the start is, listen, just just to be completely transparent, you're going to spend about 38 hours a week doing your sport. 38. That is before we you go to school. That's before you eat. That's before you do anything else or a party or whatever else you want to have that is going on. It's like, so that's a full work week. That's just golf-related. Um, and then, And then how do we help support these young women in being successful here. And I think we do that by all of the different education pieces, whether it's networking, career career support, mental health support, the big thing for on college campuses right now. It's something we do really, really, really well at Bama. Um, support for support in regards to their golf and what their future plans are and how can I how can I get them connected to the right people. Um, so those are the things that we try to do as a program. And I think what ends up happening, and this is kind of the, the, you know, the reverse of this, is that the better we do those things, the better we prepare them for the rest of their lives. We actually tend to be more successful on the golf course, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's more holistic, and it's, it's more about them as people. So it's not golfers, it's not student, you know, student athletes, it's young women and men who are playing at Monmouth. And that's what we're kind of in the business of. So um, I had I had a last week I coached at Fairleigh Dickinson University in 2006 and we had a pretty good program there. And last week I got a text message from a player who was who, from Germany who I was one of my first recruits with a picture of the Ryder Cup 
uh, flag that we had put on our van when we were driving to our first tournament <laughs> at FDU. So, like, so, you know, some of the times when, you know, we're, we're all human and you're overwhelmed by mm-hmm. paperwork and a million things and you get that text message or the, you know, the text, I just got married, or the text, hey, I just got this job and we're having our first baby. And then, you're, you know, you smile and you're like, all right, you know, I'm in the right business. This is why I'm here. This is mm-hmm. why we do what we do. Um, it, transpe- it transcends golf. Um, and, yep. uh, you know, and I'm obviously very biased. I, the game has been a part of my life for 40 years. So I think it, 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 it brings so much, um, you know, growth for us as people. So I think when you get those messages back and, you know, you realize that you're making a difference, even if at the time it doesn't feel like it, um, that's pretty special. And I think um, that's what we overall are trying to do at Mammoth um, is just create an environment in which these kids are going to, they're going to grow and help them along the way and support them in whatever way we can. Well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Well, clearly you don't like your job. (laughs) (laughs) Very obvious, right? (laughs) Very obvious. Holy cow. I'm very impressed with you, dear. This is awesome. Thank you. Just awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I that that's all I got to say is I'm I'm impressed. I I a lot of kids should be very grateful that they get to be with you because you really care, and not everybody cares. Thank you very. Yeah, I, well I, said. I truly appreciate that. Well, it's the truth. Truly appreciate so. it. They should be very grateful they get to be with you. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and yeah, you do a great job. Open, and we're all, yeah, thank you. No, I, pre- I appreciate it. And I was just going to say, and we're always looking for other players. So <laughs> keep us in mind. <laughs> what, is, mind. what do players have to shoot? So, yeah. Um, so our incoming freshmen, um, we're – between two and three handicaps on the on the women's side, um, and then on the men's side, around scratch. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking for on the junior level coming in. Um, and then, um, so if someone can, if someone's, if a young woman is shooting seventy eight or better, is um, wants to be part of a really, I think competitive program and 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 uh when we're everyone else vacations i'll plug mamas there um we might be a good spot uh and um so that's that's kind of what we're looking for i also just just a side note i also um i look for young women and men who have played some other sports too i think it's that's been, it doesn't have to be they were the all-star baseball player or basketball player excuse me at you know when they were in seventh grade, but more that they've played some other team sports. That's one of the, cha- I always feel like it's one of the challenges we have um, on the collegiate level. We have a lot of players obviously who are played, have played golf their whole lives and in a very individual way. Right. So whether they have a swing coach or a mental coach or whatever's going on with them. Um, and then they kind of jump to our level and now you're on a team with 10 other people. So um, that's something I also look at and it may be a, Good advice for 
any parents out there who have young juniors who are looking to play in the uh, collegiate level, playing some other sports will, will be good for them. Um, doesn't have to, again, be at a high level, just the team, the team concept, right, that being able to get along with others and well with others and be part of that. It's kind of a, it's a big key for us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No doubt. Awesome. Well, Michelle, we want to thank awesome. you for joining us. Yeah, we want to thank you for joining us this morning and and uh, much continued success and good luck this season at uh, Monmouth. Hopefully uh, you guys will get a lot of wins under your belt. And uh, thanks for doing all the great work that you do to help the next generation come forward. Thank you so much, guys, for having me and um, appreciate the time. And um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll cross paths again at some point. Sounds yes. good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that was uh, Michelle Malaya, uh, head golf uh, coach, head women's golf coach at Monmouth University. Um, great, uh, really a great personality and a lot of energy. And, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, you can tell she really does enjoy and love uh, the work that she does there. And I think that's why. Um, you know, she'll continue to be very successful in that position. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jersey Shore. We'll see what happens this season. All right, Cindy, you and I got a split. We got things to do, people to see, places to go, so we're going to have to end it there. But we want to thank everybody for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. We hope you uh, enjoyed that. Make sure you tune in next week where you'll hear us uh, again on uh, air. So tune in. God bless everybody. Have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in, Castbox, Talk Stream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.